Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to Headliner Radio. Today I'm chatting to Darren Mulligan, songwriter and lead singer of the band We Are Messengers, who are originally from Ireland but have been based in the US uh, since 2015 uh, and who released their full-length studio, Furge full-length studio album, shall I say, Wholehearted, last year. Uh, Darren, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so give good, the... The dogs barking in the background in a suburban <laughs> paradise. Yeah, lovely. So you yeah, want to get involved on the interview, yeah. Um, no, we were just saying off the call, it looks like you're joining me from uh, on the on video from somewhere quite uh, quite tropical at the moment. Uh, but you said, you said you're in your backyard, yeah. Yeah, I'm backyard here, just south of Nashville in, in Tennessee. It's a, lovely. It's a long way from Monaghan, Ireland. On yes. The, on the yes. Tyrone border. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That was going to be um, that was going to be my first question, actually, mate. Where are you? Uh, where are you sort of based at the moment? Have you have you yourself been living in the states since since twenty fifteen? Then, yeah, for the most part, I so so we we obviously we live out here. It's where we do most of our touring. Um, we go home to Ireland probably probably two months, maybe three months in a year. Okay, uh, we have a wee a wee cottage uh, in Tyrone, just across the border from where I grew up. Yeah, and so. It's hard to say where home is called, but you know, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. thought this would be home after all these years, but you know, home really still is where my family is and where my friends are and the people who know me for, you know, for who I really am absolutely. as opposed to what they might think I am. Yeah, you know, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more, man. It's, um, you know, cliched, but they say, you know, home is where the heart is. And like you say, where, where your family are and it's wherever you feel, uh, the most yourself, I guess. But What's been keeping you busy yeah. at the moment, mate, musically? Because um, I know, obviously, the album came out, uh, was it uh, October? Was it last year? Or was it end yeah, of last year? Uh, I, think, I, think, I think October, November time last yeah. year, yeah. Have you, um, have, yeah. you, have you been, what have you been up to? Have you been in and out of the studio? Have you been doing some bits and pieces? Yeah, so we're doing a lot of touring. So we, we hit the road pretty hard again. We did another full uh, US headlining tour, and that's been amazing. Um, awesome. But we te- we tend to do a lot of our writing and our production on the road. So like we'll bring like a mobile rig with us, um, so we can track everything as we go. That's pretty cool. And so so usually like the process for me usually takes about a year to eighteen months to get forty or fifty demos together, and then we weed through those, and then we go back in and you know um, and we track maybe vocals again and maybe some live drums, etc. But for the most part, a lot of the records that you hear from us um, have been made in coffee shops or in the basements of arenas yeah, or yeah. theatres. And it's just, it allows us to create things whenever we feel inspired or are hungry for doing it. Yeah, and absolutely. We're yeah. always writing, always writing, you know. Is it safe to say your kind of team, like, you know, the guys who are doing the production and the engineering, that kind of stuff, are, are, are doing everything in the box pretty much, like on a laptop, like you say, so you can just be versatile and... You know, just yeah. do it, do it wherever. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like just using like a an Apollo interface. You know, a good high end Mac. Um, yeah, a little uh, Akai MIDI keyboard, and yeah. you know, obviously, then we we have good mics, and you know, you know, we can get really quality sounds. The only thing you can't really do is, you know, obviously getting your live drums in there or any live amps that you want to do. Yeah, um, and that's the kind of stuff that we'll go back and. And tweak and work on but it's really cool local because you know a lot of the time whenever you go into a studio the pressure to be in a studio to write and to make something happen on the spot tends to 
maybe put me off that. Overbearing you know, I'd rather write. Maybe. Yeah, it's a bit overbearing. I want to write when I feel like there's something to be said or there's a melody bouncing around in my brain. I want to capture that immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. So that, that's kind of how we, how we do it. So, Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and, and tell us how the album came together, uh, Darren. Was it written kind of completely during the pandemic, you know, quarantine, as they're calling it over there? Um, yeah. Obviously, when the live touring industry essentially shut down um, completely, as I'm sure you're very familiar with, how, how did you kind yeah. of sort of channel that into, did you sort of, ch- you know, really dive in deep with the record, like wanting to get it out into, yeah. the, into the world kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I remember where I was. It was, I think it was March 14th, 2020. Yeah. And we had loaded in. We were playing an arena show down in oh Little gosh. Rock in Arkansas. Right. Stage was set. The crowds were lining up outside. And the governor of the state shut our show down, and uh, literally there and, we and then. Thought, there and then, and we thought, ah, this is grand. You know, a couple of weeks, the thing will be cleared, and we'll all get back to doing it. And uh, it was probably eighteen months before we got back out in the road. Yeah, yeah. And 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 genuinely, called me, I didn't go straight to writing. Like all of my musician friends and peers, most of them, that's what they did. They went straight to writing records. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't have anything I felt like was really important to say. So I waited. I probably waited about four months um, before I started writing because then kind of the ideas came. And for me, ideas are the king of a song. Like if you have a solid idea, melody will follow and instrumentals will follow. Yeah. But yeah, it's just really a record. Just talking about what's it like to be a man. You know, obviously I'm a man of faith. I believe in God. But what's it like to be a man of faith? when everything you've invested your life in falls apart. Mm. Do you know, where, where is God in the middle of incredible loss and disappointment and doubt and frustration mm. and mental health issues? And, yeah. and yeah. so we really focused the record just on going, yeah, it can be hard to find the goodness of God in seasons like that. Mm. Um, but we wanted to be all in on it. And we wanted to, we didn't want to pull back. We wanted to tell the truth about our doubts and our fears and our anger. Mm-hmm. And then we also wanted to remind ourselves of, you know, just how beautiful life really is. Like there's a song in there called Faith Sees Best in the Dark. And it just, I think that's the heart of the record is that even though life is messy and tough, mm. that we're called to be a people who know how to dance in the hard times as well as the good. Absolutely. And so... You know, we deal with things like the loss of a child to a good friend of ours. Um, you know, my own struggles with depression or mental health. And mm-hmm. like there's a song on there called Million Miles Away, which is basically me just saying, God, I know I believe in you, mm. but you're about as far away as anyone could be from me right now. Um, yeah. And I wasn't looking for a resolution. I wasn't looking for an answer. I just wanted to say the things that were in my chest and in my mind. And, and I think probably that's, that's why we really resonated you know, at least over here in the States and, and yeah. in Europe as yeah. well, we're seeing it happen because we're just putting words to things that people don't know how to say. Yeah. Uh, including me. <laughs> a lot of the time. It, it is. No, but it is. It's an outpouring of emotion. You know, a lot of your songs, they are, you know, they're deep, but they're intensely uplifting and they're, you know, there's, you know, there's so Thank many different you. kind of elements to them and, 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 you know, they're very touching, but um, yeah, that was, you know, I was going to ask Darren actually why you think, you guys have particularly resonated so so well over there in in the states. Do you think it is the Christian rock thing? You know, obviously it being so huge yeah. over there, um, or is it was it just a case yeah. of you guys established yourselves um, quite quickly over there? I guess. 
Yeah, it's funny. It, it's it, it's hard to really know. So like a little bit of backstory with me, you know, I, I didn't have any faith until about, till I was 27, you know? Mm-hmm. So the whole, I didn't even know there was a genre called Christian music, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think when you're, you know, back home or whatever, you know, people think, oh, that's cute. That's nice. You know, they're doing a wee bit of music, yeah. the Christian stuff, the yeah. church stuff. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they realize the scale. Like, no, no. You know, the the Christian music industry here is as big as the entire music industry in Germany. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we can go out and sell out thousands of seats every night all across the country. And what's really cool, I think, probably, is that, yes, definitely having a faith thing gives you a connection point with people of faith. Mm. But our music seems to be going, you know, really wide. Like, yeah. our shows are incredibly diverse. You know, it's it's young people, middle-aged people, old people. They're um, multi-ethnic. They're from all different walks mm. of faith. Mm. Um, many are agnostic. Many are atheist. But I think they connect with this idea that we're not pulling any punches. We're just telling them our truth. Yes. And it's why, do you know, remember when you were growing up and all your favorite bands you know, were bands that stood for something. Yes. It wasn't about a song necessarily. It was like, I know these guys, yes. they stand for something. Absolutely. We're that kind of band and that we take a stand on something. Um, and our stand happens to be that we're going to just tell the truth, whatever that is. Uh-huh. And we're going we're gonna to have a real good time doing it. <laughs> and our shows are so rowdy and messy. and oh, Amazing. It's just funny. You know, when you're, you're, again, back home, like when you hear about Christian music, people tend to think of songs of praise. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> and I don't think we are. We're the, we're, we're the antidote to songs of praise. <laughs> I love that. That's a lovely uh, ethos, actually. I really, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, I mean, the record, personally, what does it mean? What does it really mean to you, Darren? You know, third album, how do you feel like you guys, how do you feel like you personally have, have kind of developed your, um, I, I guess, developed your artistry since since earlier projects? Do you feel like you're doing things a little bit differently now, maybe? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when you first sign a, a record deal and we signed with Warner Brothers here, which was, you know, have to remember, I'm from a village with 30 people in sure, Ireland, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's, it's a, and all of a sudden people are throwing millions of dollars at a project, you know, um, and the pressure you feel is immense. I think when it came to this third one, because, you know, we've had, I think, 10, 10 or 11 top five songs yeah, out here. Yeah. And so some of the pressure was off because the monkey was off our backs. But really, really this time around, Colby, I remember saying to my wife, I said, I want to write the record that if this was the last record we ever did, that I, I could be proud of myself, yeah. that I didn't compromise. And so it's interesting that this record, we set out to not be cool, to not be contemporary, to not be try and push the boundaries of music sure. or whatever, you sure. know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we just set out to tell the truth. And we wanted the songs to sound like the message of the song. Every song sounds different on the record because we wanted it to sound like the story of the song. Yeah, sure. And I think... I think the record feels easy. It was light. It wasn't a struggle. It wasn't a burden to write. Um, and it really t- tells the story of a man who has, is finally okay with being himself after all these years. And I was driving down the road a couple of months ago here with the missus beside me. And she said to me, she said, do you think this is the last record you'll ever do? And I said, no, I don't think so. But she was saying it because she could hear in it. Um, what I had hoped to make, which would be a record that I'd be proud of, yes. if it was my last one. Yes, and I love that because she heard it um, 
and that means the world to me. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I mean, it is a it is a lovely record. I will say, you know, obviously, I'm you know I'm chatting to you and I'm I'm biased, but I've I've been listening to it, you know, this week and it is and and you know it is something to be to be very happy of. And I mean, when when did you? When did you first actually get into music, um, Darren? You said you've you've not always been into the, you know you didn't know what Christian Christian music was up until how many years ago? And and I can say the same yeah. for for me to be honest. You know, there's you know you know being from from London and and the rest of it, it's it's not something I would have uh, been been familiarised yeah. with. But when did you when yeah like when did you first get into into music? Was you always kind of songwriting because obviously you're the primary songwriter of the of the band. Yeah, right? yeah, it's it's strange. I like. I think when I really got into it, and this is going to sound like one of these real, you know, artistic answers, and it's not really that deep, right? But I was in, when growing up, we didn't have a lot. You know, we didn't grow up with a lot of money or wealth or any of that stuff. Um, I have an incredible family. But, you know, I remember one day when I was seven, the bank sending a letter to my dad saying they were going to take our house off us because we couldn't pay the mortgage, you know. And he worked 12-hour shifts. He's a hard-working man. So was me, ma'am. And uh, he took that letter and he ripped it off and he cursed at it and he threw it in the fire and he walked into the kitchen and he took my mom's hand and they put Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash on the radio and they just held each other and danced. Like they danced. They danced like the letter never came from the bank. Yeah. Um, and for me, I really fell in love with music at that point. And yeah. so I was insatiable. Like I couldn't stop listening to music. Yeah. And when I was 13, uh, my mum and dad bought me a guitar for Christmas. Mm. And I remember sitting in the garage out the back just playing About a Girl by Nirvana for about six months, you know, just getting those two Trying chords to down. That, yeah. uh, and uh, I suppose from there, you know, I fell into playing rock music and ended up in, you know, rock and roll bands and screamo bands yeah, and yeah. cover bands. And so for most of my life, I was a guitar player. Um, and I love that process. I love being part of a band. But when I came to faith, this is strange. And it's going to sound strange to maybe your listeners who aren't familiar with, you know, people like me who who, who live their lives by a code, you know, by a faith. But I made so many mistakes, Colby, when I was playing rock and roll music back in America in the early 2000s. You know, I was committing adultery. I was violent. I was an alcoholic. I, I just, my life was falling apart. And so when I came to faith in God, I actually stopped playing music for the first time since I was 13 mm. and I was thir- I was 27 years old and took a couple of years out of that because I didn't want to fall back into any of that behavior, you know? Um, and then one day, just, I was at a wee church just in our, our local community in Monaghan and I sang a wee song. I didn't know I could sing, you know? And, uh, and I went home and I wrote songs every day for three or four year, years just sitting in my living room looking out at the wee river at the bottom of the garden and uh, out of the blue Warner Brothers in Nashville called us in November of 2014 and uh, we came over and signed a deal and Mad. You, just, you can't make it up like you know I give up the one thing I loved which was music and then God gave me back the one thing I loved in a way that I could never imagine them like I'm I'm really genuinely very grateful. Like I'm really thankful for yeah, the life I, I have. Yeah, um, yeah. But but it's cost us a lot, you know. It's cost us been away yes. from the people we love most back home. It's yes. 
it's cost me being on the road maybe a hundred days a year, leaving my own kids and wife. And there's a high price to pay for what people look at as success. But for me, I'm not addicted to the success or the applause or awards or that. I'm I'm addicted to seeing people's lives change because they heard a song. Yeah. You know, and I'm not I'm not just going to go all religious on that. Like, go back to me standing in the kitchen at seven watching my mom and dad dance to Willie yeah. Nelson. That it changed my that. world. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and I still believe the best music should do that. Coldplay still does that to yeah. me. <laughs> you know? Foy Vance does that. I don't know if you listen to any Foy Vance. Unbelievable. <laughs> Foy does it to me. And I think great music should do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful kind of uh, kind of you know story how it's how it's a, uh, you know influenced your life and and it's yeah it's 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 lovely to hear how now it sounds like it's kind of you know things are as better as they as they've always been um, I like to think um, you know you look happy you sound happy and and, and all the rest of yeah. it and um, and I mean, now music is back, you know, after the pandemic, that's certainly something to be excited about. I know you said, obviously, <laughs> you spend a lot of time on the road and, but it's obviously, yeah. it's, um, you know, um, and I, I know you you shot all the videos, the music videos for, for this new record in Monaghan, right? Um, didn't you yeah. do the... Yeah, some of them are in Donegal too, up on the coast there. How was, how was that? I... That must have been pretty cool. Ah, it was magic, you know. Although it was funny, like I come from such a small town. I was in the town one night singing uh or doing the video for a song called Friend of Sinners. <laughs> and, and there was a bunch of cars driving by and boys were giving me the bird and shouting abuse at me that I've grown <laughs> up with, you know. And there's me dancing in the middle of the town. But um it, there's something very humbling about coming home and the people that know you for who you are. Yeah. Um but I think for me, Colby, there's such an appreciation of home and how beautiful it is and how much it's meant to me that on this record, because it was really honest. And, and I'm not just saying that, you know, the way of artists just say, oh, it was really honest and vulnerable like that. This, this is my truth on the record. It is. It's just, I'm not lying about anything. I'm not pretending or making anything up. And uh, I wanted to come back to Ireland and show our fans over here where I came from, who I am, mm. and remind them that I belong to this incredible culture and an incredible place that's really shaped me and, and molded me yes absolutely absolutely are you have you got any plans to come back anytime soon are you going to be in europe anytime soon what's the the kind of schedule like what's on the agenda for you i don't know yeah. if you, do you play uh, festivals like what's your yeah. live schedule looking like man yeah so really we're finishing out this headline tour in the u.s we have another couple of weeks in that then we're gonna take a couple of weeks off and in Ireland just to go back to see family yeah, a couple nice, of months sorry. Nice. and then it's summer festivals flat out in America uh, Canada and then another US headline tour in the fall doesn't stop <laughs> and then huh? it doesn't stop does it it doesn't stop and then but here we were supposed to come back to Europe this is what's annoyed me so uh, the year before a pandemic you know we went over we did we did big church day out in uh, England which is it's actually a monstrous festival it's huge mm. um uh, down in the south of England and we went over did Belgium and the Netherlands and you know we were really excited to build on that and then it all just died everything went away yeah. and so our plan is next summer is to be back over do we do a UK run an Irish yeah, nice. run and a European run cool. and that excites me because over here like we're packing out thousands of seats every night mm. but 
I love the idea of going back and playing like even like a wee club yeah, in London. Like car, yeah. You know, I'd love I'd, I'd love to get down to Camden and see what would they think of a Christian rock and roll band? Yeah. How many pints of beer would we get thrown at yeah, us? Yeah. And that excites me. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think I think less than you probably think, actually. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, like we were saying, uh, Darren, earlier in, in the in the chat, you know, you. Your music has been, you know, pretty huge on streaming and all the rest of it. Um, I'm just reading some of some of some sort of statistics here. Uh, over 350 million on demand global streams, like we said, Billboard top tens, top fives. Um, but mm-hmm. for you, what have been, you know, they're they're all well and good. But what have, what have been the highlights of of your of your musical career? Yeah. Um, obviously, we've we've touched on on some of them already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you know, a bit of a loaded question, but... <laughs> no, you're all right. Yeah. It's a good question. I think it's twofold. I think from a purely kind of career, young boy dreaming of it being in a band, just like, you know, like playing Red Rocks in Colorado, yeah, yeah, playing amazing. The Forum in amazing. LA, the Beacon Theatre in New York, just playing all these like iconic venues um, and having people sing every word of every song back to you. Like you can't make it up. And again, it's funny because the because being a Christian artist, there's a certain amount of stigma attached to it. You know, so you'll have bands come out of Ireland that, you know, brilliant pop bands, like, mm. you know, mainstream bands. And, you know, they've only scratched the surface of what we do here. Mm. Um, but I think because we're Christian, sometimes people just poo-poo it and they're like, oh, that's got to be so nerdy yeah. and weird. Yeah. And it's, it's really not. So for me, one of the highlights has been opening people's eyes to the fact that music that um, has faith at its center can be incredibly exciting, can be invigorating, um, and is really accessible, mm. not just to people who, who go to church or people who love God. And so when I'm at a show and we have prostitutes come up, or maybe we have addicts come in, and they're like, I didn't know that God could love somebody like me. Mm. That's a huge win. You know, when you have single mothers who've been just trying to survive, like leave leave a show with hope, you can't, there is no award, there's no acclaim, there's no success that will ever replace that. I'm addicted to people's lives and yeah. change through music. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I'm chasing. Yeah, that's the true passion, man. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing and... Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really nice place for us to uh, to 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 call it a day, actually, Darren. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you today, man. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, Colby here, brilliant. Forgive all of the lawnmowers and streamers. Oh, like no, I said, sorry. I live in a suburban paradise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's irony. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. No, it's been a pleasure, man, and and best of luck with um, the rest of the tour. It sounds um, it sounds like you've got a lot to look forward to this year. So hopefully, the next time we'll catch up, uh, we'll have a lot more to chat about. And uh, yeah, yeah. You, you take care. I'd love it. All right, Colin. When we get over there, make sure you come down. I'll get yeah, you a pint. Sure. All right. Nice one, man. Thank you so Good. much. Take care. Good man. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.